You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be looking ahead to this weekend's North London derby. Arsenal travel to Spurs this Sunday in the Premier League's big one. It's a huge, huge game. Um, Arsenal go into this, I feel, needing a big result in order to turn their Premier League fortunes around at the moment. Spurs, as much as it pains me to say it, actually go into this one as probably the favourites. And I guess rightly so when you look at the recent performances in the Premier League of both sides. Right. um, Apologies for those of you who were waiting for this stream to start an hour earlier. Um, I have to get that out there. I had a furniture delivery booked for today. They give you a whole day's time slot. And of course, they turned up 10 minutes before um, the stream was due to go live, which is just sod's lot. Um, So I do apologize for that. But we're back now um, and we're ready to go. We're ready to look ahead to this game. I'm going to be discussing my thoughts. I'm going to be sharing with you guys my team uh, for the North London Derby. I'll be giving you guys a prediction as well. And uh, I'll be giving you guys a little bit of insight as to how it was at the Emirates Stadium the other night, of course. 2,000 fans returned to the Emirates Stadium for the UEFA Europa League clash with Rapid Vienna. I was very, very fortunate enough to be one of those fans. And um, a big thank you to those of you who were sending me pictures of myself, um, because it seems the cameras picked me up um, on a number of occasions, actually, throughout the game. Um, And lots of you. We're sending those over, firing those over for me to see. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I hate seeing myself on the screen, but there you go. It is what it is. It may, Maybe it was the Arsene Wenger coat. Maybe that's what grabbed uh, the cameraman's attention. Who knows? But on a night like that, there's no, ro- there's no coat I'd rather wear, to be honest. Right, uh, let's get down to business now. Of course, after the restart, uh, Arsenal played a North London derby at Spurs for the first time. Of course, it was played behind closed doors. And Arsenal suffered a 2-1 defeat despite that day opening the scoring through Alexander Lacazette. He scored a really, really good goal that day, Lacazette. And it was a really frustrating game, I thought, because when you look at sort of some of the match facts and the stats and, and all of that sort of thing, you came away from the game wondering how on earth Arsenal managed to lose you know, we had 62.7% sorry, percent of the overall possession that day. We had 13 attempts on goal in comparison to Spurs' 15. Um, yes, Spurs were more efficient. But the point I'm trying to make here is that Arsenal had lots of the ball. Arsenal played all of the football. Tottenham Hotspur sat off of Arsenal and looked to, to get us... Um, on the counter-attack, looked to hit us with that sucker punch. And that's exactly what they did. Song Heung-min, um, you know, uh, got a goal for Spurs. Was it Son Heung-min that got the goal? Yeah, Son Heung-min got the goal for Spurs that levelled it just three minutes after we'd taken the lead. And it was a real lapse in concentration at the back, which led to that goal. And, it, you know, when you, you, you can see the goal in those kind of games, 
in those kind of derbies from a mistake is so frustrating, so difficult to sort of recover from. But credit to Arsenal. I still thought Arsenal had a pretty decent game that day. And it was a lot earlier in the Mikel Arteta reign. And I think people were a lot more patient and people came away from that game. Obviously, really disappointed that we conceded a late goal and ended up losing. But understood that actually Arsenal had gone there and had gone toe-to-toe with Spurs and actually played some decent stuff that day. Fast forward and we're still seeing Arsenal struggle to create chances. We're still seeing Arsenal struggling to find the right balance between defence and attack. And Mikel Arteta has shown in the last few weeks that it has been a concern to him. Um, The lack of creativity, the lack of goals have, I think, unsettled Arteta a bit. And we've seen him, as a result, abandon the system that has served him so well in so many games. Now, yes, in the long run, Mikel Arteta wants to play a 4-3-3. Now, I've had people messaging me when I've said that before. How do you know that? How do you know that's what Mikel Arteta wants to do? There's no previous um, to suggest that that's the way he wants to play. Well, Mikel Arteta said it. He said it in a recent interview with a Spanish media outlet in which he talked about the fact that he wants to play a 4-3-3. He also talked about the fact that he doesn't have the players at the moment to play in the way he wishes to play. And I thought that was really, really interesting. I think, you know, as Arsenal fans, we're very reactionary to each and every result. But the bigger picture has to be that this is a massive rebuild that we're going through at the moment. And it's going to take a couple of seasons at minimum for Arsenal to get anywhere near being the side that Mikel Arteta wants them to be. We know that the back three is not the way he prefers to play, but we've also seen in certain games, on certain occasions, it's served us really, really well. Um, And I hope that he's going to adopt that again. Now, I'll come on to talk about my team in a little bit. And in that, I'll kind of explain how I'd like to see the system set up and and the personnel I'd like to see occupying those positions. But let's... um, Let's, I guess, kick off by talking a little bit about the Europa League game the other night and how that was. Um, It was weird. You know, I've had lots of people messaging me, asking me how it was and would I go again? I absolutely would go again. I really enjoyed it. For me, going back to the stadium was a step towards normality again. For me, going back to the stadium was an evening out, um, which there haven't been a great deal of those, um, given the current situation. You know... It, it was a little bit unsettling when you get there and you're, you're kind of forced to enter from one side of the stadium. You have your temperature checked um, rather than the sort of pat me down searches that you normally um, experience at the Emirates Stadium. You had to empty your stuff into a tray. It was kind of like going through airport security. Um, and then you, you go through into the stadium. And from there on, it was OK. You know, you go into the toilets. They've got, you know, along the urinals, they've got an exotic, an exotic, like obviously encouraging people to keep their distance. The seats are spread out pretty far apart. I think I had two seats to my left, two seats to my right that were free. The row in front of me was free. And then there was somebody in the row in front of that. So it was really spaced out. I do think that you can get a lot more than 2000 in though. Um, you know, Arsenal only used the North Bank and, um, and one of the side stands. And I feel like if you did that on the other side, all right, maybe not on the other side because you've got the press there, you've got the, the substitutes all spread out, etc. Um, so maybe you'd still leave that side free, but you could certainly use behind the other goal. Um, you could certainly do the same thing in the upper tiers. It'd have to be some kind of, um, you know, way of, of 
allowing maybe the fans to exit at different times or, or slight delays or off different bridges from the stadium, etc., etc., in order to keep everybody apart. But I think it can work. And as much as it was just a small crowd, um, and I was saying to my mate on the way down there, I was saying that what kind of noise and how much of an impact are 2,000 people going to have in a 60,000-seat stadium? Actually, there was an impact. You know, the, you could see that the players felt it. You could see that the players appreciated the fans being there. And I think what was most telling of that was when Alexander Lacazette scored his goal. Brilliant goal, by the way. Um, and then he he turned and he ran towards the, the fans situated closest to that goal and kind of done a little knee slide in front of the crowd. And you could see that they felt, yeah, you know what? We're getting back to normal. The fans are here. And... um the chants were, were, were ringing around the stadium. I know that the kind of strict rules and, and protocols that were put in place suggested that we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't chant. We shouldn't sing. But how are you going to stop people singing? You can't. Um, I thought everybody behaved impeccably. I thought everybody did what was asked of them. And I thought that it was a nice first step. Of course, I want to see more fans back in the stadium. Of course, I want to see the Emirates packed to the rafters again. But... We have to appreciate the situation we're in. We have to understand um, why it's being done in the way it's being done. But even 2,000 fans made a massive difference, in my opinion. I felt like the players felt it. I felt like the manager felt it. We as fans felt it. We, I, I, You know, I, I've been to so many Arsenal games, and I don't mean to say this like, like I'm showing off or anything like that, but I've been to so many Arsenal games that for me, when I go to an Arsenal game now, it's, it, it, or when I did go to an Arsenal game, it was the norm. It was something that I did every weekend. But to go to a game under these circumstances and know that you're just one of the lucky 2000, I actually felt quite privileged. And it made me really appreciate that actually I've bloody missed this and I am lucky to be here tonight. So I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to get behind the team. I'm going to support the team. And, um, you know, that's not to say I don't normally, but, you know, you've got that real sense of, you know, I feel grateful. And and I think when you attend a lot of games and you take things for granted, that gets lost a little bit. So it was great to to kind of get back in there. Great to get behind the team. It was weird. It was strange, but we'll get used to it. And uh, fingers crossed it won't be too long uh, before we get more and more supporters back into the stadium. Because even as I said, that 2000 made one hell of a difference. Right, let's move on uh, to this weekend's North London derby. Let's turn our focus back to that game. Huge, huge game, of course, at the time of recording. Tottenham Hotspur are top of the Premier League, and that's not something um, that we want to see. So um, <laughs> it will be nice to take some points off them. It will be nice uh, to hinder their chances. I, look, I don't think Tottenham are going to win the league. I don't think they've got a chance of winning the league, if I'm being completely honest. But there is always that danger. There is always that slight danger. So I'm worried about that. And um, fingers crossed, we can put a dent in their hopes. Now, I always reference back to the last game because I feel like, obviously, that's the that's the kind of the best indicator of, of where these two, two teams are. I'm not talking about, um, you know, the last games in the Premier League. I'm talking about the last games between these two. And of course, Jose Mourinho was in charge of, of Tottenham. Mikel Arteta was in charge of Arsenal. It was their first meeting. But for me, I felt like Mikel Arteta's inexperience showed a little bit. You know, Mikel, since he's come to Arsenal, has been a, a bit of a pragmatist, probably more of a pragmatist than 
many of us thought he would be given his previous, given where he'd worked, given who he'd worked under. Um, but in that game, Arsenal did take the game to Spurs. Arsenal did play on the front foot. Arsenal did try to force the issue. Arsenal did try to make things happen. You could argue they didn't do it very well, but they, they did try. Now, Tottenham sat very, very deep, were happy to concede the ball in certain areas of the pitch, particularly along our back line um, in the beginning of their half. They were very happy to do that, knowing full well that they had the capability on the counter-attack and from set pieces and from various other you know, situations to hurt Arsenal and to take opportunities to, to really sucker punch Arsenal. Now, when Arsenal took the lead, Spurs did come out a little bit, but they didn't really have to do much because there wasn't much time between Arsenal taking the lead. There was three minutes, two minutes, whatever it was, and Spurs pinning it back. And they pinned it back because of a really bad defensive mistake. So Arsenal, in many ways, done Spurs' job for them. They didn't have to defend. Uh, sorry, they didn't have to attack. They didn't have to do a great deal. And I am convinced, I'm absolutely convinced, although they won it late on, that Jose Mourinho would have been absolutely delighted with a point from that game. Arsenal less so because yes you got to put into context that we're away to our biggest rivals and they you know they were punching above us in the league at the time etc etc but you know it's um when you go to a ground and you you dominate the possession I I don't know maybe I'm old-fashioned a lot of people say possession doesn't mean anything but for me if you go and dominate a game and then you don't win it you have to feel disappointed. Like I know nowadays you see certain teams who are happy to give up the ball, happy to concede possession, happy to not be on the front foot, but will wait for those opportunities to come along, but that inevitably will when you're playing a team like Arsenal and then taking them. That's what they're banking on. That's what they're relying on. That's not my style. It's not what I want to see. Um, but I also recognise it's an effective way of getting results from certain situations. So, I came away from that game really, really disappointed. But now going to in, into this game, it's a very different situation. Arsenal have struggled in the Premier League. We've lost five of our opening games already. So it, it, it's not looking good. You know, there are concerns around the direction this team are travelling in. I appreciate that, you know, some of those games or of those five, we've been to Liverpool, we've been to City, we've even been to Old Trafford. And had we lost to Old Trafford and won one of those home games, Against Wolves, for example, against Villa or against Leicester, nobody would really be would really be, I don't think, reacting in the same way. I think the nature of three of the defeats, the nature of those three home defeats, has really rocked the fan base and has really increased and enhanced the pressure on Mikel Arteta. But what I would like to see from Mikel going into this game, because I touched on it already, he's opened us up a little bit from a fear of Arsenal not scoring goals, a fear of Arsenal lacking that creativity and the backlash that comes with that. But this is not the game, in my opinion, to open up. This is not the game to do it in. We go to Spurs and we get a point. I'll be absolutely delighted. Now, I'm, I'm feeling positive about this one and, and call me stupid. And you're probably, if you're watching this back after the game and we've just been battered, you're probably going to sit and say what an idiot he is. But I'm I'm feeling quite positive about this. But only only on the basis and on the premise that Mikel goes back to what's worked so well for him on the big occasions. We're talking about Mikel Arteta here, a cup final manager, in my opinion. That's what I call him. Someone who I trust to manage a big game in the most effective way. 
But somebody who right now can't strike that balance between that pragmatic defensive approach and dealing with the pressure of the onus being on you to go and attack and to go and win a game. I want to see Mikel Arteta line up like this. I'm going to share uh, my lineup with you guys um, on the screen so you can see. Now, of course, this is all subject to players being fit. Um, and of course, uh, here's my lineup. So uh, I've gone with Bern Leno in goal. I've actually gone back to a back three. I think that is absolutely 100% the way to go in this game. It will be a back four. Um, when Arsenal when Arsenal have the ball, Tierney will shift into that left-back position and Gabriel and Lewis will become a back two. But this is how I want Arsenal to play. I thought Ainsley Maitland-Niles was really, really good in the Europa League. I know he played in centre midfield, but in these kind of games, on these kind of occasions, I've been really impressed with his ability to play at wing-back. He gets forward really well and really effectively uh, too. So I want to see Ainsley Maitland-Niles playing from the left-hand side. I want to see a midfield, ideally, of Thomas Partey and Ceballos. Maybe Mohamed Elneny. But I feel like, actually, you know what? I'm going to change that. I'm going to change it. I'm actually going to change it. Yep, I'm going to change it mid-show. I'm changing my mind. That is what I'd like to see, right? I can't remember Elneny's number off the top of my heart. Uh, shirt. Uh, off the top of my head, sorry. What is it? Elneny shirt number. Let's have a look. Uh, what bloody shirt number does he wear? 25. There you go. Mohamed Elneny. Arsenal's number 25. So I'm going to go Partey and Elneny in the middle. But of course, we don't know if Thomas Partey is fit. Now, Mikel Arteta alluded to the fact after the game against Rapid Vienna that Partey was due to train on Friday. We also think that Thomas Partey will take part in some kind of work today. Uh, Saturday at the time of recording. And so we'll have to see if he's available. Now, he might not be available from the start. If he is, happy days. But I, I've got to caveat that with a point that I don't want to see Thomas Partey start unless he is 100% fit. What I don't want is Thomas Partey to play at the risk and at the detriment of him picking up another injury and being ruled out for a long period of time. Because I think we've all seen it's as clear as day that we're a weaker side without Thomas Partey in the midfield. So I don't want to take a risk. But if he's OK, he plays. If he's not OK, then you bring Danny Ceballos in there um, for me. I feel like Granit Xhaka just has been so off the boil of late. Now, I appreciate that in this system that I'm showing you guys. So with the back three, actually... Danny Ceballos, uh, sorry, Granit Xhaka looks a better player. But the problem here is that I want Arsenal to be a bit more aggressive in the middle of the park. Spurs will be aggressive. They'll have Tanguay and Dombele in there. They'll have Pierre-Emil Hojbjerg, who's been really aggressive. Uh, Musa Sissoko, very physical player. So that's kind of how I'd, I'd want to see it line up. As for the front players, a lot of people are going to give me stick for this, for sticking Willian in there. But for me, I've just got this feeling. I cannot describe why. I cannot give you any logical reasons, but I've just got this feeling that tomorrow of all days is the day that Willian steps up. Is the day that Willian steps up and proves his worth and why Arsenal gave him that contract. I feel like Willian has a massive part to play in the game tomorrow. Maybe um, I'm being... Uh, I'm being a little bit too optimistic, but William plays for me anyway. I think Mikel will play him as well. I think he really likes the player. On the left, I'd go with Bukayo Saka um, because 
I think he's just been one of the few bright sparks of late in this Arsenal team. And up top, I'd go with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Again, he's not been in great form, but I just feel like if there's one chance for Arsenal in the game, one good opportunity, I'd rather it falls to him than Alexander Lacazette. Now, people will argue that actually Laka played really well against Rapid Vienna, that Laka's looking good in this slightly deeper role. But this is not the game for me to try it. You know, by doing that, by adding that additional player in in that position, you take away from the defence. And I'm adamant that I want to see Arsenal play with a back three, back five, whatever you want to call it. That is how I want Arsenal to set up at Spurs. And I want Arsenal to sit up in a very deep, low block. Spurs' joy has come from them being able to, to create spaces in behind people by Kane dropping deep and Son and Bergvine or Mora or Bale or whoever it is in the wide areas making those runs and being picked out by, by Kane. You sit deep, those spaces don't exist. And you're asking Tottenham to unlock the door. And I don't think Tottenham are particularly good at that. I've got to be honest. I don't look at that side and see someone in the midfield in particular who's particularly creative. They will say Ndombele is... Look, Ndombele, he can't last more than 60 minutes normally. And, and his performances have been very up and down since they paid a fortune for him. Um, not that some have just gone the one before. So... Yeah, let's, um, you know, let's see. But this is how I would like Arsenal to set up. I can see lots of you in the chat talking about Alexander Lacazette, think he'll play and he might well play. This is what I would do. I want to stress that point. Um, I don't want people coming over to me afterwards and saying, oh, you got it completely wrong. This is what I want. Not necessarily what I believe that Mikel will do. So, uh, yeah, let's see how it pans out. Uh, right. Uh, let's have a look at what some of you guys are saying in the live chat before we wrap it up. Also, if you haven't liked the video already, what are you waiting for? Smash the like button. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the channel. Don't forget. And if you prefer to listen to this on audio format, the show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Acast, all the usual places. Subscribe there and make sure you leave us a review. Uh, also. If you do listen via the audio platforms, there is a bonus edition of the podcast that has gone up on there today. Um, as you know, the Chronicles of Aguna is in partnership with 90 Min. And I was joined by two of the brilliant guys at 90 Min, uh, Ben Haynes and Hunter Godson. You'll, if you watch us on the gas tank, you'll recognize them. Obviously, both Spurs fans and, and the co-hosts of the Oh What A Night uh, podcast, another one of 90 Min's fabulous shows. Um, those guys joined me. We sat around the table yesterday. We were on a shoot. Um, for a really exciting project. Can't wait to um, share that with you all. But we were on a shoot and we took about 15, 20 minutes out of uh, out of our day to sit around the table and discuss the North London Derby and how we're feeling about it. So that is available on all the podcast platforms. So check that out. Um, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And it's some fabulous insight from those guys as well. I can count the Spurs fans that I enjoy talking to on one hand. And those two guys are certainly on that hand. So check that out. Uh, right. Let's see what some of you guys are saying in the live chat box. True Guna, how you doing, mate? Says, morning, gents. Buzzing for tomorrow's game. Quietly confident about this one. Spurs will always be Spurs and we'll always be a better club. Let's get behind the manager and the players. Enjoy. Uh, Omar is of the opposite view. He's not feeling confident, he says. Uh, Chris Pantelli says, good morning, Harry. Hope you and the family are all well. I don't know about you, but I'm not confident at all. Uh, what else have we got here? 
Jay Bowling says, morning, Harry. Hope you're well. Good win and a decent performance midweek over Rapid Vienna. Some nice football played. It's how we should be playing, but can't get carried away as it was against poor opposition. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, you, you always have to take it in context. You always have to understand the level of the opponent. And the level wasn't very strong. Let's be honest. Um, in that game on Thursday night, but we got over, well, we won handsomely. We got some, uh, we played some really nice stuff. Players that I felt needed goals, got goals, uh, which is always a positive. Um, but, you know, we've, we've been flying in that competition. I agreed the competition in terms of our opponents hasn't been great, but you still can only beat what is in front of you. Uh, Kunte says, Arteta will pull one out of the hat against Tottenham. However, I've lost all faith in him. So you're confident about the game but you're not confident about Mikel Arteta. That's an interesting um, interesting view. Uh, what else have we got here? Ishak Tarafta. Jose has not lost against Arsenal. I'm pretty sure he has. I'll dig out the game <clears throat> in the comments. He's definitely lost to Arsenal. Not often, granted, but he has. Uh, Fergus says, come on, you gunners. I think you meant come on, you gunners. Uh, check out the Guns and Yellow Ribbons podcast as well. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, big hello to Russ Morgan, who joins us this morning. Uh, Makoge says, Arsenal will sign Messi. I wish, mate. I can't see that happening, unfortunately. Uh, Russ, on the group stage uh, games, on the Europa League group stage game, says, I don't take much from Europa League group matches. Some of those teams would struggle in League One. Of course, we should be beating teams like Vienna and Dundalk. Agreed. Um, it, it's difficult to get too carried away with them. Um, but, you know, it, it's a good opportunity for people to get minutes. It's a good opportunity for people to build confidence, I think, more importantly. Uh, Sulak agrees with me. He says Arteta needs to return to the back three format. Uh, Lee James Casey says, will Lewis play given his recent injury? Look, if Lewis is all right, I want to see him in the team. Because I think particularly when we play that way, when we play with that system that I've shown you guys, the system that I want us to play with, the, the, the back three, etc. I feel like without him, we struggle to progress the ball out and it's a bit of a problem. Obviously, as I said, when I named my team, it is subject to those players being fit and available. Um, that's in the case of Thomas Partey, it's in the case of, of David Lewis. But if David Lewis is not available, then you slot Rob Holding in for me. It's, a, it's pretty much as simple as that. But um, yeah, I'd like to think if he's fit that he plays. I think he's been a key part of uh, of Mikel's side so far. Mikel clearly sees him as a leader. And in a North London derby, I think you need leaders on the pitch. Sulak agrees with me. Arteta needs to return to the back three format. Uh, Guna Bird says, you let me down putting Lewis in the team. Did you not see the clash of heads? Anyone thinks he should play in this game has no heart. Forget the doctors. It's common sense. It's been a week. It's been a week and if he's had all the medical checks and they say that he's fine, then I don't see why he couldn't play a week later. I took issue with him staying on in the game. He should have been substituted straight away, but we're talking about a week down the line. So I don't think that's much of an issue. Look, as I said, if there's any doubt about David Lewis's fitness, if there's any doubt about David Lewis not being right, you know, taking any risks on his health, Absolutely, I'd leave him out of the team. But as I keep saying, my team selection was subject to those guys being available. And I think that having seen that incident a week ago now, I'd be surprised if if David Lewis is still not available. But I'm not a doctor. So if the doctors say no, then fine. He doesn't play. Um, simple as that uh, for me. 
what else have we got here? Kieran Clark says, I want Gabriel, Marie and Tierney as a back three with Saka and Bellerin on the wings. Then when going forward, that's not a bad shout. Look, Pablo Marie looked decent in the game against Rapid Vienna. It was really important to get him back, really important to get him playing football, get some minutes under his belt. I thought he looked so comfortable, a threat in the air as well. But, but, goes back to what we've been saying throughout this show. It was Rapid Vienna. It is his first game back. I don't think the North London derby is a game to throw Pablo Marie back into. In fact, I'd play Pablo Marie in the um, in the Europa League, the last group game, um, to get him another 90 minutes under his belt playing in the first team. And then we can start to look at integrating him in that defence if, uh, if Mikel Arteta feels that he is the right man um, and the right option. Okay, I'm um, going to finish off with a prediction. I'm going for a 1-1. Um, that's what my head says. My heart says 2-1 to the Arsenal, but my head says 1-1. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Let's let's go with a 1-1. Right. Uh, don't forget, smash the like button if you haven't already. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you are new. Check out the po- podcast on the audio platforms and bonus content on there for you guys uh, looking ahead to this North London derby. So do get over there. Do check that out. We'll be back tomorrow after the North London derby. Um, I'll be bringing you an immediate post-match reaction video. And then at 9 p.m., I'll be going live to get you guys involved in the conversation. And at 9 p.m., we'll be dissecting the game in greater detail. So do come and join me for that. Um, Keep your eyes peeled for the post-match video as well. Turn your notifications on so you don't miss a thing. Uh, Right. I'm going to put a link as well um, in the description sent to me by True Guna the other day, um, which is with regards to, to helping out a charity it doesn't cost you anything. All you got to do, I think, is like something. If I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, True Guna in the comment section so these guys can see it and I'll pin it to the top. Um, but I'm going to put that link in there. So do go into that link in the description. Help support the charity. Um, always happy to help good causes. Uh, so do check that out and uh, get yourselves involved. Until tomorrow then, take care um, and uh, we'll be back soon. Cheers. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.